If you liked hearing Keith Powell and Ricky Robinson provide secrets on negotiating for total compensation, dealing with microaggressions, or simply being able to just be your authentic self, then welcome to Season 2 of Secrets. Are you one of the only on your job? Do you wonder why the same type of people continue getting promotions? Have you dreamed of getting to the top but don't know how? Welcome to Secrets Season 2, a podcast devoted to showcasing dilemmas faced by underrepresented employees in their quest to climb the career ladder. Your hosts, Keith Powell and Ricky Robinson, have experienced the corporate grind for more than 20 years. Now they want to share their adventures, pitfalls, and C-suite secrets that they've learned along the way. So let's fill up those cups and get started. Here are your hosts. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Secrets. Ricky, how you doing today, my friend? Man, I'm doing pretty good, pretty good. Been uh, reading a lot of uh, this email that we're getting from uh, listeners here, from our yeah. Secrets crew. Mm-hmm. And uh, as we said before, send in that message or send in a note, and we'll definitely build an episode around it because whatever you're thinking, I'm sure there's other people that are thinking the same thing. No but doubt. I wanted to start out by reading an email that we received from a listener asking about whether or not they should take on a new assignment. Mm. Okay. Okay. So, Keith, uh, here's um, what it said. It says, uh, Ricky and Keith, I've been taking your advice on self-advocating, and it has been really helpful. Mm -hmm. As a result, my boss is talking to me about a stretch assignment. It will be a great opportunity, but I'm not quite sure if I'm ready for it yet. Mm -hmm. I would like to get your advice on whether or not I should take the role. So this is almost like Dear Abby, you yeah, know, to yeah, some degree, is. right? <laughs> you know, this is like Dear Abby, man. So, so again, this is just a just this is a great question because we get it all the time. Yeah, it is. It's a great question from this listener because taking on stretch roles, as you know, can either be a career booster if it's done well, or a career bust if it's not managed properly, right? And yeah. so, you know, I just recently had a friend reach out. Uh, because she had been offered a stretch project that would have given her more exposure to other parts of the company. You know, she'd get to interact with different sets of senior leaders. But as we talked about that assignment, it turns out that it'd be an add-on basically to what she was already doing. So my advice was really, hey, you need to have a conversation with your boss and see if if your boss will create some headroom for you uh, so that you're actually able to do this assignment right. Otherwise, it may be wise to decline this thing because especially if you don't feel you could you could take it on and be your best and do your best. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is one of those things where it's like, is this more work? Am I actually making somebody else look good here at the expense of myself? You know, because again, we're talking about brand. So that's that's a good question, almost like an age-old question right there. And it's ironic because I actually had a lady that recently asked me for similar guidance as well in this uh, in this very same arena. Mm-hmm. Uh, after having an intentional career discussion with her boss, I mean, you know, obviously that's what we tell people to do, Keith, in terms of being in control of your career. She expressed her aspirations to be promoted to a certain level within a specific time frame. So that's, you know, the, the level of granularity, you know, that she had. Mm-hmm. Her boss did not disagree that she should be operating at that level, nor did he contest the time frame okay. that she had set for that. So, you know, we have quite a few things happening in her favor. So a few weeks later, her boss came back to her with an opportunity for a part-time stretch assignment as a chief of staff with, you know, SVP level visibility. 
So again, we've talked about some of those chief of staff roles, and this could be a great, you know, move. So on paper, sounds great. So I recommended that before she just fall in love with the title and the exposure, I recommended that she conduct some inter, uh, some informational interviews with other individuals who do those roles today to determine if this will be the right move for her to achieve her ultimate career aspirations. Unfortunately, this stretch assignment was not the right one for her at this stage in her career, but she was able to do her own due diligence prior to accepting the role and even probably doing potential harm to her career or brand. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's true. These things can be tricky. They can be real tricky. So uh, what we want to talk to you today is making sure you just don't fall into the traps and, and know the right. Ones yeah. Yeah, yeah, because this this can be kind of rough, you know, here. And I, look, Keith and I have both been through some of these stretch assignments, some probably good, some not so good, you know, assignments and roles. But what we want to be able to do in this episode for you all today is we want to actually define what a stretch assignment or job looks like. We also want to share some examples of types of stretch opportunities, roles, and uh, our experiences when we've received those stretch roles. We'll provide some receipts on why stretch roles matter in getting to the top. And finally, we will close out with four secrets on how to secure a stretch role and determine if a stretch assignment is good for you. Yeah, yeah. No, this will be a good episode. It'll be fun. Be fun. So let's start out by uh, defining what a stretch assignment is, because some people don't even know what that means. But basically, a stretch assignment is a a project or a new role that can't be completed entirely with your current skill set or expertise that you have, right? And those stretch assignments, it could be as simple as a presentation. It could be a, a temp assignment lasting a few weeks or a few months, or it could be a new permanent position that increases your scope of responsibility. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a plethora of roles and, and, and things here and some stuff we'll talk about, some others we may not cover, but again, it's, it's for you to kind of peel the onion back to figure out what type of a role and what this can potentially mean to you. But here are some examples of uh, stretch assignments. So like, and not all encompassing, but these are some of the ones that come to mind, you know, for us. So it could be being promoted to a role that requires expansion of your functional skills. So whatever you're doing right now could be adding to that. Just adding, adding on to it mm-hmm. and yep, expanding yep. your scope. Mm-hmm. It could be leading or communicating a key organizational change. You know, there's always change in every company's, but you'd be asked to kind of lead that whole process. How do we communicate this change and make it happen? Yeah. I mean, and again, and we're not talking about someone writing it for you and then you just communicate that we're talking about you being part of the draft committee, you being part of the committee that works through the timing, the programming, the project part of that. Like all of this shows your ability to be strategic. Now, there are some tactical aspects to it, but yeah. your ability to be strategic. Right. And thinking about the pitfalls that may come along the way, too, and be able to react to those. Right? Yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it could also mean leading or serving on a task force or a potential integration team. I mean, look, Keith and I have a ton of experience in mergers and acquisitions. And every time we do that stuff, or even uh, whether it be like a, a bit of a platform or something like that, we generally get a leader to actually lead a portion of that. And it's kind of like herding cats, yeah, you know, sometimes it, it may not be like a glamorous role, but that is an assignment. Now, and it's in these assignments 
are, I hate to put it this way, but tests, yes. <laughs> you know, they're yeah, like, yeah. like exams here to see how you kind of deal with that. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, but that can be one of the most impactful ones out of anything. Those integrations, because, you know, M&A integration, there's a lot of details. And there's a lot of shit that can go wrong. So if you do that one right, that's usually like one that's going to really boost your career, no doubt. And if you get it wrong, like if you get certain sections of it wrong, we're not talking about fumbling the whole thing, but certain sections, it serves as a learning experience because, you know, some of the leaders that you're reporting to, they may not have known you know, some of that stuff. So now you're kind of serving yourself up as a bit of an expert, you know, in that arena Mm -hmm. as well. That's right. A real simple stretch assignment is just basically getting the opportunity to present to the board of directors or executive management, or even, you know, one of the top customers, your top VIP customers, you know, that's, you know, that puts you on the spot because you got to have your shit together, (laughs) you know, if you're going, if you're going to perform correctly. Right, right. And, And again, we're talking about you know, I, I think in the last episode, we were talking about executive presence a little bit. Now we're talking about being able to answer those questions, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that follow. Yeah. And if you can answer those questions, if you're preparing yourself for those questions, as Keith was speaking to the presentation part of this, you could set yourself up immensely, you know, this way. I think the uh, another part of this, and I, and I kind of spoke to it in, in one of the other um um, examples of stretch assignments, but maybe double clicking a little bit, it's actually leading implementation of a new tool or a system. You know, mm-hmm. as technology continues to evolve, your organization will be uh, adopting new software, new whatever it is. And you might be on one of those uh, platform, you know, integrations, whether that be with an HRIS system, like an, a human resources information system or a a do financial accounting system. Yeah, yeah, yeah expense reporting. Yeah. Like it's all of those things, you know, that you can uh, be a part of, but those are examples. I know it doesn't sound sexy. Okay. Right. But these are examples, you know, of stretch, you know, opportunities. Yeah. And a tricky one is turning around a failed product or service or prior project that's failed and, and leading that and trying to get it turned around. Right. It's tricky. Is some risk in there, but at the same time, if you if you pull it off, you've shown that you you can handle some stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, and look, just look at where we are today, Keith. I mean, where we have issues with diversity, we have issues with representation. If you are one of the people that gets involved with one of those projects, where you bring visibility, you know, to a underrepresented group, and you can make the organization look good, you know, by way of that. I mean, that's a huge project that you've been on. And now people kind of see you, you know, differently there. So I think that's important. I think the last one that I'll point out is just just simply being able to launch a new product or a service, whether that be something for a group that we just don't offer today, whether you work in healthcare, whether you work in a commodities, whether you work in a food and beverage, whatever it is, to be able to be on a project that launches a new product or a service that just doesn't exist. I mean, you're on the cutting edge, you know, of something. So you take a risk because that could be something that people use, don't use. It can make money. It can lose money. But again, it's not about that. It's about the knowledge that you gain in the process, the process that you embark on to be able to gain that knowledge. Yeah, no doubt. Enrique, as I, as I think about 
kind of those examples of stretch roles and the definitions of, of what a stretch assignment is, you know, it kind of reminds me of my, my first supervisory role. I got my first supervisory role at 27, <laughs> right? At 27. And I'm who, sure you had all the answers when you were Oh, I had it. I knew it. But I moved to Washington State, you know, and I'd been proving my finance chops, but up until this point, I had only been an individual contributor, right? So they wanted to, you know, and I'd only done really finance and accounting work because that, that's what my background was. But now they wanted me to move across country, be a plant controller, which meant I would be the, the number one finance guy at the at the facility lead people twice my age, be responsible for other functional areas like HR and procurement and IT. And so I didn't know shit about that stuff. So I was equally excited, but terrified. I was scared. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it just dove in. I was just like, well, I don't know the shit, but all I can do now is dive in because I want this title and I want this bread. So I better figure it out. So, you know, I dove in and less than two years later, I was promoted again. And that's really where my career kind of took off, you know, from there. So and I think the, the the major learning in that, though, is you were willing to make yourself uncomfortable and to take a chance. Yep. You know, yep. you, you know, you and you had to, a lot of this is learning on the job, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and you were mm-hmm. able to kind of do that. Well, well, since we're dating ourselves, that's okay. Right. <laughs> I, you know, I can remember implementing a new HRIS, you know, system with an organization. And to be honest with you, I had no idea how to do this work. But the HR leaders asked for volunteers to assist with this implementation. And um, I don't know if everybody stepped forward and I was the one, I mean, stepped backwards and I was the one that was was still left standing. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, I raised my hand not knowing what was entailed in this actual sausage making of of this project. Right. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. the great thing about this opportunity was that I was able to learn everything from A to Z about the product software, the information that we put into the system, because a lot of times they say junk in, junk out. So I was able to, um, you know, figure that piece out. But the reporting that would come out of the system was extremely important because now I'm figuring all of these things out. So I was able to work with our internal functional leaders, and they were able to see me differently than maybe they would have uh, seen me before. And it was times where people were like, how long have you been with the company? I'm like, oh, I've been here five years. They're like, oh, so they're just meeting me for the first time, you know, here. But more importantly, I was uh, also able to, you know, start having conversations with the external vendors, you know, which was extremely important because that's a total different communication style, a total different, you know, representation, you know, for the organization and for you in terms of an industry leader. So now don't get me wrong. There were a ton of hours that I had to put in behind the scenes to show up in what I did not know. But after putting in that time, I was viewed as an SME or a subject matter expert on that you know, process for that system and getting that tactical knowledge every step of the way prepared me to be a more strategic leader later in my career. So it was invaluable to take that move. And I think uh, when I look back at some of my teammates who probably stepped backwards when I was stepping forwards, you know, we were we just transcended or emerged in at different levels or rates within our career because 
I had already started to grow my career as a bit of a strategic risk taker. Yep. But I think the leaders could count on me because they saw the work and the level of preparation that I did on that assignment yeah. versus maybe yeah. some of my other individuals. So again, you know, you'll end up having your teammates say, well, how do you get that? And how did you, you know, get promoted? And I've been here just as long. And at the end of the day, it's just the small things, you know, that end up getting you, you know, no notice, you know, and I think that was one major point for me. No, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, for me, I mean, one of my ultimate stretch roles was the chief of staff to the CEO, which we're not going to talk about today, but I mean, that role was bananas, right? At the end of the day, <laughs> but it also came because of sponsorship, which we talk about a lot. But as I think about a, another role that I had, I, I remember I had this role, one of these roles as CFO, COO uh, for this business unit. And we were trying to figure out how to grow revenue. And so we decided to create all of these teams that would be focused on driving some element of, of driving revenue and growing revenue. And a member, each member of the leadership team would just kind of take on one of these initiatives, right? And so we were brainstorming ideas and shit like that. And so I suggested launching this new product line. Everybody in the room, there was just huge skepticism around this idea, <laughs> right? Because all the marketing people and all the marketing experts kind of knew, you know, what they thought they knew about what was going to sell and everything else. People were snickering and going, oh, okay. So I just said, you know, it was my idea. So I'll just take it. <laughs> and I'll I'll just show y'all and we'll we'll see if it works. If it don't work, you know, you can laugh at me, you can get rid of me, do whatever you want to do. Mm -hmm. I already knew I'd already done my homework, <laughs> which is why I suggested the idea in the first place. So I knew the project would work because I had already talked to all of our external manufacturing partners, right? About you know, what are the current product trends, what are kind of the hot, the next hot product categories. Our partners also made products for all of our competitors. So I'm like, so what are they buying right now? What are they doing? <laughs> and so I found out shit that they doing right now that we weren't doing, we weren't offering, right? So I knew <laughs> what, what the answer was going to be. And because, you know, this was like the shitty project and nobody wanted, I oh, also... Right. I chose all of those people, all those forgotten and unseen employees to be on the team, right? <laughs> you know, from all these different functional areas, because I was like, you know, we just going to be the bad news bears. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Y'all had something to prove. Y'all had something right. to prove. We got something nothing to, prove. to lose. Nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. To prove. Mm -hmm. But within three months of launching, three months of kicking this whole project off, we were able to launch a whole new product category. We generated $4 million in revenue. And then, of course, everybody wanted to be on the damn team. You know, yeah. all those naysayers now, they want to be on the team. How can I help? It's such a great idea. And then they're trying to steal the damn idea and take it as they own now because they see the growth rate, right? And so we went from $4 million, and next year we 4 x that mug, right, in revenue. And, you know, I just showed my colleagues, hey, I'm not a one trick pony either. Just because I'm a finance and operations guy don't mean I don't know shit about how to launch a product or marketing and all this other stuff. So, so it really was another game changer for me, just in terms of expanding my skill set as well as, you know, just showing my chops. Yeah. And you, and you know, one of the un unfortunately uh, sad pieces about this great for you that you were willing to step in there and to, again, make yourself uncomfortable, but a natural instinct is, 
when you don't understand something, oh, that's dumb. Oh, that's silly. Ah, oh, yeah. you're only going to like ruin mm-hmm. your career or this, that, and the other. And again, that blockage keeps people from kind of moving or pursuing, yeah. Yeah. you know, opportunities sometimes because it's like you just don't know enough. You just, you just don't, don't know, know enough. enough. That's right. That's right, right. right. And I was privileged and that's in the respect that I was a leader. So I could take the risk and not have all of the, you know, shit on my face at the end of the day. If it didn't go right, but still, it's still a risk, you know? Yeah, no, I totally get it. Now, KP, now that I think about, uh, you know, as I'm thinking about it, I can't tell you how many times you and I speak with individuals during our coaching sessions and speaking engagements about the importance of their career development plans and what experiences that we would recommend for them to satisfy and or prepare them for readiness or consideration at the next level. Yeah. I mean, this is, this, this is, this is like the basic thing that comes up. And, and when I think about it, this is the true foundation for everything that we do at secrets yeah everything no doubt doubt. it's all about how can you set yourself up for the next level how can you you know be ready or prepared when when your time comes this is that stay ready so you don't have to get ready moment (laughs) you know right right. that's right that's right be right there and you think about the just the just the impact of what you just said i mean the majority of the people vast majority of people don't actively seek these stretch assignments and as a result they're not getting promoted at the same rate as people who are taking those stretch roles and then they sit around with they they lip all face all tore up yeah yeah poking uh, out stuff right <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I, I mean it happens i mean look you and i used to be the same way like i want why you know right. what about me but i think the dif- the differentiating factor in all of this is proactively seeking or taking the stretch assignments, we know that these can exponentially change the course of your career. Yeah, absolutely. No, no doubt. And we we talked about this a, a little bit just in terms of why uh, employees don't seek these stretch roles. But I think number one reason, you know, as we've been kind of peeling the onion back a little bit, when people not seeking a stretch role is because they don't feel that they're 100% qualified, right? You know, there's kind of this lack of confidence and in, in being seen as a credible candidate. And so I just wanted to give you a little early receipt. You know, there was a research study from HP that showed that women tend not to apply for a role unless they're 100% qualified, whereas men apply when they're 60% qualified, we just need to feel good that we hit 60% of the things that we good. We, we going to stick our neck out there. Yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah and we're going to just kind of learn on the job. Yeah, or something we like that. And, and again, keep to that. I mean, I know we're not getting into the receipts point of this just yet, but that's just a general gender receipt. Now, when we peel back the onion, even on that, and we talk about ethnicity as it uh, uh, relates to that, I mean, those numbers go down incredibly, right? Because we've always been told as, uh, you know, BIPOC, you know, individuals that you got to have nine out of the 10 or 11 out of the 10 to be qualified, right? So that when you do get a chance to come in like the 60% qualified men, you know, who come in there and you're at that same 60%, then that starts to create like a bit of that imposter syndrome, right? Like it's real. Like you start thinking, well, I wasn't really prepared or I don't know if I can do this. Yeah, you know, it starts to do sure. that. So, yeah. you know, but then, Keith, there's this other thing that I like to look at, right, in terms mm-hmm. of why employees don't uh, seek stretch roles. There's this kind of 
this conspiracy theory mindset, right? Let's say QAnon. Let's say QAnon. It's close, man. It's close, right? Or like a lack of belief that this role or assignment like, will it actually set you up for success? Is there some type of a hidden agenda behind you asking me to do extra work, right? In fact, this may be this may be another way for demand, mm-hmm. you know, to get more work out of you yeah. without any tangible results or extra income to your pocket. Yeah. You know, yeah. because it, because again, if you don't see it. In the immediate sense, it's hard for you to kind of see it in the long term. Or if you've never really taken stretch, taken on stretch roles, it's like, well, why are they coming to me now? You know, to kind of do one. So again, it's you can't undo what you don't necessarily know. But yes. again, it's like part of what keeps us from taking the stretch roles is, you know, like our internal thoughts and beliefs. Mm-hmm. I mean, which kind of turn into like a conspiracy theory. Like, now they can't just be giving me this role. Like, it's it's got to be some hidden agenda. Oh, hidden you know, agenda. You, you yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> and sometimes there are. Sometimes yeah. there are. Right. It is. That's why you got to do your homework. Well, and, and again, that's what we talked uh, about. Like the young lady that I helped uh, earlier. When I was like, hey, get just do some informational interview and talk to some other people. So then, at least you can go back and ask some qualifying questions about the role that give you enough information to make an informed decision. Because again, we're talking about livelihood decisions. We're talking about career decisions. Like I know Keith and I joke around, but I think you see with these topics that we come up with, we ain't playing when it comes to trying to get your money, man. No, we, no, we serious not, not about this. Not at all. We serious. We serious about this. That's a heart attack, as they say. Serious as <laughs> yes, a heart attack. <laughs> so, Keith, look, man, look, we keep talking about this stuff, man. Why don't you do me a favor? This is my favorite part of the the the, the show right here. Why don't you just hit them with some of them receipts? receipts some of that, know. some of that quantitative and qualitative data where you can you can flip the page on what me and Keith uh, say, but you know, again, here's some stuff. There's never a shortage of receipts. Okay, so Keith, why don't you hit them with some receipts today? Yeah, absolutely. And today we'll uh, we'll share some receipts on the difference of how men and women view and pursue stretch assignments. This is some really interesting stuff today for me. When I when I saw some of this stuff, I was like, wow, this is crazy. Uh, receipt number one, there was, according to a study from B. Leaderly, Women are slightly more interested in being promoted to director, VP, and C-suite roles than men, right? Yet, only 27% of women report that their company makes it easy for them to gauge their readiness to advance internally, while most men report that their employers help them know exactly when they are ready to advance. (laughs) (laughs) So in essence... Women, therefore, become less likely pr- to pursue these stretch opportunities. Eh? What part of the game is this, like, I mean, it, it's it's like we're chasing something. Like, we're, like, so now you can use the excuse. Well, women just aren't, you know, as aggressive, or they just not as aspirational about their careers as men. But we know it. That's to be false. It's to be false. It is false. <laughs> The data shows that there's multiple studies that show women are more ambitious than men when it comes to their careers, but men are getting the opportunity. Yeah, we approach the men. Hey, you look like you can be <laughs> you a look like Hey, you, you look like you could do this, and we approach them with it, man. So, again, 
I'm going I'm to control myself and not get angry like I did the last time we were talking about some of these statistics here <laughs> and how these have probably impacted some of the women in our lives that raised us and maybe even broken spirits, you know, to some degree, right? So receipt number two, in that same study, it shows that the top criteria for deciding whether or not to take a stretch assignment are having the influence to create a positive outcome and getting an assignment that aligns with their uh, career goals. Interesting. However, men are three and a half times more likely to cite pay as an important factor in evaluating the appeal of a new assignment, job, or level. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So people yeah. want to do the right thing, right? <laughs> when they when they take that stretch assignment, but Men focus on that on that pocket. <laughs> yeah, the dollar. How what, what, how was this gonna impact my 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 uh, my wallet? My wallet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How's this gonna impact my wallet? And and again, you can you can call it whatever you want. You know, men being breadwinners and this that and the other. And that was probably old school, but that's old school. Women make, yeah, women make just as much as men. You you know what I mean? So they're thinking about the same stuff. But we have a lot of old school leaders, you know, who are still in place. And old school meaning that old traditional you know, thought of who needs to be leaders and who needs to be breadwinners and this, that, and the other. So again, we're just giving you the the, the, the receipts and we're just, we're just breaking them down. Mm-hmm. Ricky, this is going to get you. This is going to get you. Receipt number three. So a report by McKenzie found that men are more often hired or promoted based on their potential, <laughs> while women are hired and promoted based on their experience and track record. Hmm. Women... Have studies have shown that women are rule followers and therefore don't seek stretch assignments because they don't meet every single job requirement, right? This goes back to what I was talking about earlier. They want to be sure that they're 100% qualified where men are like, ah, 60% is good enough. Let's, yeah, cool. let's keep it moving. And further, women were shown to overestimate the importance of formal training and qualifications while underutilizing advocacy and networking. And kind of, you know, and based probably on both of our lived experiences, many of these same things could be said and be true for people of color as they are for for women in general. Right. It's just, you know, we we overemphasize the, the, the degrees and the letters and the training. And then, you know, we're not advocating for ourselves or, or finding those networks and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, and to that point, like, I mean, even when we're talking about being, you know, in leadership positions, you could potentially uh, run a PNL. Okay. And I'm speaking about from men to women to ethnic diversity. You can, you can run a PNL, but then all of a sudden, well, it's not really the, a large enough PNL or you haven't really yes. managed a lead at scale. Like it's all of those types of things where at the end of the day, people, I mean, if you think about it, people go from industry to industry. I mean, I've worked in food and beverage. I've worked in med tech. I've worked in, you know, high tech, I've worked in hospitality, but my function is what my function is. Yeah, and yeah. Either you can do the job, either you can't, either your skills are transferable or they're not, right. you know? And I think ultimately that's where, as we're thinking about, you know, why, you know, it's important to, to, you know, take on, you know, some of these, you know, uh, assignments, why it's important to advocate, you know, for yourself, why it's important to kind of do these things. Therein lies, <laughs> you know, the big issue, you know, there, right. Therein lies the, uh, the, the, the big issue. So check this out. So 
the final receipt here, receipt number four, according to a research study of high potential employees by Catalyst, 62% claimed that obtaining a stretch assignment was the most favoring factor to their careers above any other factor. However, the most telling finding in the study was that men were more likely to land high-profile assignments. Their projects were staffed with three times as many employees or resources than women-led projects. And the projects also led by men had budgets twice the size of those led by women. Now, <laughs> if, that, if that right there don't get you fired up, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If that don't get you fired up, man, Ooh. I don't know what we <laughs> I That's don't know right. what will. That's I mean, right. there is an inequity or an imbalance in, again, whether or not we're taking on stretch assignments or not. And if you do take on stretch assignments, we see that there is a, a, a gender inequity. And if there's not a gender inequity, we've proven that there's most times like a uh, ethnic yes. inequity. Yes. <laughs> you know what yep. I'm saying? So, yep. But again, if you don't take on the stretch assignment, then you 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 can't really get ahead. Like that's if you, right. You can't if you, get if ahead. You don't have, yeah, if you don't have sponsorship or the uh, or the uh, the assignment, you're doomed in the water. You know, right, right. there. That's right. So it's it's crazy. It's crazy. So not making it up. We're not, not making, making it, up. it up. Not making <laughs> it up. But and having said all of that, we do have some advice, some secrets on on how you can determine if a stretch assignment is good for you and what's the right one for you, how to secure it. And so today we have four secrets on how to secure a stretch role and determine if that if that assignment is good for you, if it's the right one. Yeah. So um, those four secrets are. We just want you to trust your value. Number two, get an advocate or a sponsor. Number three, make a plan. Number four, take on a risky project that aligns with company objectives, but that that no one wants. Yep, no doubt. And that's secret number one, trust your value. Trust what you bring to the table, right? Uh, take what you already know. Build a case on how you can use it to to develop those game changing solutions at the end of the day, right? And this all comes back to having your marketing collateral right, having your mouthpiece tight, really just understanding everything that you bring to the table, and then packaging it and and advocating for yourself. Yeah, I mean, we talk about this, Keith. I mean, this is huge. I mean, anyone that jumps on those uh, those coaching co- conversations with us. One of the first questions we ask people is, do you know what your market value is? Yep. <laughs> you know and they I mean? always think about the money. And that's not really what the question is about. Yeah, <laughs> right. exactly. 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 I mean, so again, you have to be able to do this. So again, trust your value, because when you know what you're worth, when you know what your value is, you walk differently. Your yes. chest is sticking out a little bit That's more. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you got that gravitas, that executive yeah, yeah, presence, yeah, yeah. Ricky. There you go. That's right. That chin is up. That chin is up, right? I think uh, secret number two, find champions and, advo- and advocates within the organization to put your name forward for stretch opportunities. And again, this is when we talk about being able to influence succession plans. Figure out where you are on succession plans. If you're on succession plans, and if you are, then that starts to tell you, okay, what roles or experiences do I need to get to better prepare me when that role becomes available, whether that's three to five years, one to two years, or if you're ready now, you know, for that. I think that's important. 
Tell influential people about your career goals. To Keith's point, you got to have your mouthpiece straight, right? You have to think about when people ask you what it is that you want to be when you grow up, the ums and ahs and the holistic stuff where I just want to help everyone. I just want to do this. That's probably not going to get it there because you're going to, the, the, that influential person is going to leave out of there confused as to really how to be able to help you. Okay. And then lastly, to this point is build those relationships with them and articulate your dreams and aspirations and what you need to be successful within that. Ask for feedback and come back to them and be able to showcase what you've been doing. Okay. And make sure you get, get feedback on what you need to continue working on so that people are armed with the right uh, literal collateral to be able to advocate on your behalf, which is important. No doubt. No doubt. And the third secret, I mean, you probably get sick of us talking about these damn development plans, but you got to have a plan on where you want to go in your career at the end of the day. And then it'll be much easier to determine if certain stretch assignments when they come up. If, if it's actually good for you, right? So if you have written down in your development plan where you want to go, the skill sets that you need um, in order to get to that next level or to the ultimate goal of where you're trying to get, you know, if somebody comes to you with a bullshit role, you'll know it right off the bat because it's like, well, this isn't aligned with where I'm trying to get, you know, at the end of the day. And so you can you can make that intelligent choice around whether or not this is the right one for you. So that development plan serves so many purposes, and it's it's one of the critical tools that you have to really manage your career. And to to add to that, Keith, uh, with that development plan, please, please, please take a look at your at the time frames for which you have. Because if you say my ultimate, if you're at a senior manager and your ultimate role is to be a director. You don't want people to so slow play that and make that make you be a director five years from now. If you think you're ready to be a director in a year or now or two years, you need to say that in your development plan because there then that increases the uh, sense of urgency from your leadership team. But it also serves as a checks and balance for yourself to be able to get certain things done by that time. But again, we come back to the development plan because these are things that we talk about in our secret coaching services, you know, for individuals is, do you have these things available? Because if you don't, we spend time with you to be able to help you be able to cre create these things. Because again, you gotta be responsible for your own career. The uh, last secret that I like to share, secret number four is, take on a risky project. You know, Keith and I both talked about some risky projects that we had been on. We talked about, you know, some other individuals who were, had been asking us questions about projects that could have been perceived as risky to them. But every organization has projects that come up that nobody wants, right? That, yeah, oh, that yeah. nobody wants to take on, <laughs> right? This is like, this is what I'm asking for uh, volunteers versus appointing someone to be able to do that, right? But by stepping forward, it demonstrates your confidence. It shows you are um, a problem solver or that you want to be uh, known as a problem solver and a leader. It also proves your commitment to the organization. And more importantly, it shows the development or the your commitment about your own career. Yeah, yeah. And, be and before signing up to take on the project, yep. do your homework. Talk to some people, okay, but negotiate the terms. Like just, just like salary. Yeah, 
you, you don't want to be doing two full-time roles. You, you know what I mean? At the end of that, two full-time roles for one part, uh, part-time salary or something, you know, yeah, you want yeah. to make sure that you get it right. So you want to, um, you want some say on who will be on your team, those resources, what they look like, what the budget might be. Look, yep. we had the, uh, the, the receipts earlier. They talked about that, what the timeline is again, it may not be realistic for what they have, or, it, or they might have a long time frame, and you may be able to get that done a little quicker. You know, so again, that's the the the, the over deliver. You know, on the commitment piece that is important, and then again, lastly, how the project will be marketed internally will be important. You know, for you as well, because again, this is a an experience that will help you move towards the next level and help you ultimately be better qualified or prepared for your um, career aspiration. Yeah. And you want people to know that, Hey, this Ricky led that. <laughs> right, <laughs> he, exactly. he did that thing, right? <laughs> so if you're curious and want to find out more about uh, this topic, we have more resources about these secrets, as well as the receipts we talked about today. So you can go into our website um, at secrets.com and also look at the show notes for this episode, because in every Every episode, we have show notes that link to all of these resources that we're talking about. So please take advantage of them. And if you're like Keith and I, once you start looking at one article or once you start looking at one of these things, then you start going to the next one. Then you start going to the next one. And then you know, ultimately, you start to get a little bit too much information you know, there for yeah. your own good. You want to follow <laughs> up on it. So again, we, we put that out there because we know that uh, most of you as listeners are you know, naturally inquisitive, and we want to be able to help you advocate for yourselves. So I would say before we tune out, I really want to just tell you all, we sincerely appreciate each of you as listeners. We appreciate you you recommending our services to other people. We've had a number of you uh, get us in to be able to speak at your, for your ERG, you know, Employee Resource Group events. I mean, we're even talking, you know, overseas and whatnot, you know, <laughs> so we appreciate, you know, all of that. But be sure to continue to check out our website for more resources on this topic and some of the other ones, you know, that we've that you all have sent us in terms of emails, uh, whether that be for on LinkedIn or some of our other groups. We really appreciate the topics. No, no doubt. And again, if you if you like what we're giving you and the content and the subject matters and everything else. Here's how you can help us out. You know, go on to Apple, write a review, like us on Apple, write that review, give us five stars, hopefully. Yep. Follow us on LinkedIn. We have a new uh, LinkedIn group, uh, Career Transformation Group. Sign up for that group because we're going to start, you know, chatting and, and having some good conversations uh, going back and forth with the members on that group. Consider buying some merch or trying out our coaching services. I've, we've seen a lot of people sporting that merch right now we really really appreciate that and become a patron on patreon you know we're going to be launching um, some special features on patreon we're going to be putting full interviews out there from some of the guests we've been talking to so you'll want to be a part of that as well yeah i mean we have a ton of things you know happening we're we're excited about it but i just got to be honest with you keith man i've been over here stretching you know this cocktail <laughs> we're talking about stretch assignments i've been stretching this cocktail for the last few minutes of this episode so I think it's time for me to refill this drink. And I know yeah. you're over there uh, drinking air, Arch. you know, Arch. right now. Yeah. <laughs> so again, hey, thank you to all of our uh, secret listeners for uh, joining us today. And just remember, when we share, you transform. 
Take care, everybody. Thanks. Thank you all for listening today. Hopefully you gained a secret or two that can be applied as your journey continues. If you are motivated and excited after listening to Keith and Ricky, please subscribe to our podcast, share with friends, and donate via Patreon. Check us out at www.secrets.com to get more information about our secret services. Don't forget to tune in next time for more Hot Fire. Until then, cheers! Cheers!